Hello and welcome to Forward. Our guests today are co-founders of Nuclea, Eudal Kamburi, the CEO of the company, and Ramon Navarra, the CTO. Nuclea is an easy-to-use API service to build AI-powered search engines capable of processing every type of data in multiple languages. Eudal and Ramon have been working together for more than a decade, and Nuclea is their third company. In this episode, we talk about the breakthroughs that happened over the last few years and enabled organizations to build much more powerful search engines, both for their internal needs and commercial products. We also talk about how their approach to building a business changed over the years and what excites and concerns them about the future of the large language models. Eudalt, Ramon, welcome to the show. Hello, nice to meet you. Thank you, Artem. At Nuclear, you are building an AI-powered search engine. What kind of issues did you see with the existing approaches to search that led you to start working on this problem? Yeah, that, that's a great question, Artem. I will try to answer it fast, just to not get into details at the beginning. But basically, when we decide to build Nuclear, it's because we, we wanted to solve a challenge that most of the companies have today, which is how to access and structure data which it's also in different data sources and that it's that data is also in different languages. So today, before Nuclear, there was not any a good way for companies to leverage information. And that's why we decided to build Nuclear as an API. And one of the I would say that when we talk to companies, when we, we talk to our personas, that probably we will talk about to what kind of profiles we are approaching. So we, we face four challenges when explaining what is nuclear and how we can solve those challenges and, and help organizations. So the first thing is that companies must understand that having a way to access data and make data findable and accessible, it's a must. So and a structured data, especially, it's a treasure that organizations have, but not a lot of them realize that it's, a, it's something that they, they have to work with it to, to extract information from that type of data. Then it's something that it, it sounds quite obvious, but it's a huge problem for most of the developers today working, working with existing search engines, which is how developers can make sure that users have a good searching or finding experience. So how can they be sure that they are delivering the right results? And this is something that we have to usually discuss with them because people expect to have a Google-like search engine in the company, and obviously they can get it, but they have to, previously having that, they have to understand how it works. And another thing that is quite a key thing for organizations is to manage to have a search, a search engine able to work with their specific domain, with their knowledge, not using general models or, or general way of creating search engines, but very specific domain models to work very good in their area of the, in their industry. And then it's also something quite difficult to explain, but it's very obvious that they, they have to use AI to make the search experience and the, the find experience as well much better than the, the ones we have today. We are solving this challenge that I mentioned before, and we at the same time try to explain to companies why it's important to access data, make data findable, 
create domain-specific models and using AI to, to manage to offer a better experience. That's four different angles. Maybe we should cover them one by one. If we talk about making unstructured data accessible, can you give some good examples on what it means and why it is important for organizations? Sure. Something that probably uh, most of our listeners have experienced in the last year or last couple of years, which is probably they, uh, because of COVID, they had a lot of meetings using Zoom or using Google Meet or Teams, for example. So in those meetings, the conversations are potentially very important for the company, for the project they are working in. So those videos that once the meeting is it's over, uh, nobody listens again to the conversation because it's very tough. You don't remember exactly in what day you, you were discussing about some, some areas of your project. So making that content accessible and findable very fast, it's an example of how important it is to make and structure data accessible for everyone. And when we talk about domain specificity, what may be a good way to illustrate the importance of that part? Another uh, very basic example, but it probably will help to understand how creating domain-specific models can help organizations, is, for example, in the healthcare industry. So being able to generate and create models that are able to understand exactly the content of the structured data in that industry, in the healthcare, can help by one hand doctors to find exactly the information they want much faster. And at some point can also help patients to find the data they are looking for faster. So by understanding the user intent when the user is looking for something, and that's something being very domain specific, helps a lot to users to find exactly what they are looking for. And we're going to go into discussing AI technologies powering your search engine a bit later, but just a brief overview. What kind of capabilities does AI add to the search engine? Why organizations should care? Should care because it's the present and it's the future. And probably Ramon will be able here to add some, some very relevant information. So please, Ramon. Well, mostly the AI nowadays, since 2017 or 2018, there's been a huge change on the availability on this to understand or to convert what we have on a structured data as a text or, or as an image to something that has a meaning or that it's searchable and you can find the answer on a, on a group of a, of a lot of information. No? So these technologies allows us to provide a semantic search that is the availability to find something that is similar to what you're looking for, but it's not exactly the keywords that you're using. It's mostly by meaning. The availability to extract entities and to have relations between the entities on a sentence, which brings you this knowledge graph searchability, which pulls the triggers of connecting data that is disconnected between documents. The availability to, to label automatically, for example, on the healthcare, imagine that uh, you are able to label some pronostics or some diagnostics about uh, some ills that will help new text to have a label based on the domain-specific data. Definitely the amount of use cases on the actual nowadays, the NLP, artificial intelligence technologies are 
in infinite in the amount of uses that yeah, we can apply it. But at Duclear, we are providing just a tool to convert and extract the data to structured and to use AI to even give much more value to this data on NLP. Okay, we'll talk a bit more about how exactly you use machine learning models to do that. That's a very interesting piece. But before we do that, let's cover the last one, which is implementing searching products. What do you see are issues with this current search implemented in products by developers? So, uh, for example, nowadays, if you are needing to build a search engine on your product, you, you are going to use mostly Solar, Elasticsearch, or some uh, software as a service like OpenSearch or the OpenSearch by itself. All these technologies are super interesting and they've been here for quite a lot of years. And I've built a lot of all the applications that are super successful with these tools. But it has two problems from, on my, from my point of view. One is that the, you require a lot of knowledge to be able to use them, to be able to use properly and manage service with these services. Sometimes it's hard or really too expensive to be used. And of course, any of these technologies are providing these AI capabilities and they, not, they do not provide a, a structure to structured transformation out of the box. You, you, can, you need to build it by your own on top of these search engines. All what they do is mostly based on Lucene or this kind of pieces of software that provides full text search in a really interesting way that really helps in a lot of use cases, but it's really far away from the results that nowadays AI search is providing to us. Well, let's then talk about how Nuclear addresses these shortcomings. What's your approach to solving these four challenges that we just discussed? Well, mostly. The first, the first challenge, you know, that it's converting something that is a file or it's a link or it's an any unstructured data to something that it's usable. First, we need to go through a lot of different uh, techniques, extraction, interpretation, understanding, convert, detection of data. And we have a complex pipeline in our system, on our cloud pro uh, solution that people can send any kind of file, any kind of audio, video, PDF and get normalized information of all the data that we pushed on the platform. This gives us a baseline that we extracted as much as possible and we understood as much as possible that unstructured data. We, for example, extract uh, something that is called vectors, the semantic vectors that are vectors that represents the meaning of the, that unstructured data in the semantic world. So this is the first challenge that we are providing as, as a SaaS platform and you can sign up and you can start using it and pushing files and getting the, the payloads of the answer through a webhook or through our own database. The second important step here is that we needed somewhere to store this data that really provides searchability using as much as possible the information that we extracted. That's why we evaluated a lot of all the existing databases or indexes that exist on, on the market, like Solar, Elasticsearch, Milbus, all these kind of platforms. All of them are super amazing, but we're not the fit to provide, to store the payload that we are getting from the, the unstructured data. For example, if you have a PDF and you're looking on a PDF, mostly the, most of the time you want to see the page where it appears, this PDF. 
So you need to store this information close to the information that you're storing. Or maybe if you have a video, you want to know maybe the second of that sent when that sentence happened. So we're extracting all this information and we, we were not able to find a proper solution that was a scaling that was fitting this, this model of data that we were normalizing. That's why we designed a NucleoDB, a database to store and structure data, transform it with our API, and that can provide full text uh, searchability with a standard BM25 plus fuzzy search, plus semantic search, plus knowledge graph search. So it's a multi-model database which allows to do queries in all the different possible aspects that can cross all the data we extracted. Given that we have the data that we extracted and we are able to store it in, a, in a good database that allows us to search everything with AI, we could provide the training of this data to fine-tune and even make a better result on the searchability. So once you have the data, the domain-specific information that we are, we are going to, to provide to the client, people can launch a train of their intent, of the language model, of their entity detection with their own entities to even provide a better and more accurate results on the prediction of new data or on the searchability on NucleoDB. So one, now we have all the end-to-end, and this is the, the clue of what we are willing to offer. It's an end-to-end, easy-to-use solution. So you don't need to worry about your, your searching on your structured data. You push the data, we analyze everything. If you want to provide even better search accuracy, you can train your own models. And then on top of that, really nice API and integrations with most JavaScript, PHP, Drupal, Whatever platform you can imagine, we are trying to uh, make things easier with SDKs, with tools to tooling around to, to make it easy to integrate. That's a bit our uh, receipt to try to help everybody on, on a structured data search. The end-to-end solution sounds very interesting. So you let your users do training of the models right within the nuclear platform. That's correct. And it's really nice because as we already created this database focus on searchability and trainability, it's everything is already organized. We don't need to do crazy things to... So nowadays, if you want to train something with Hugging Face, for example, you need to extract all the data and push it to Hugging Face in a specific formats, train the model, get it back. And here... You could do the same. You could connect to Hag- uh, as a database for Hugging Face if you want to train your own language models. As you have the data there, we can train the model for you and then you can have the prediction of the searchability. Which models do you use for semantic search and entity extraction? Did you build them in-house? Did you take something off the shelf and adjust it to your needs? That's a really interesting question. Of course, we did not build everything from scratch ourselves. We are basing on uh, famous language models, BERT-based and this kind of family-based, but we trained our own an entity detection, for example, the default out-of-the-box one. But as we allow clients to train their own entity detection, it makes easy to have a better granularity. And we are even providing 
language-specific models, if it's required, to avoid the looseness of having multi-language approach that we have on the default out-of-the-box knowledge box. On the semantic search, it's more difficult to explain what we are using. We are basing on, on also on this kind of generic language models, but in this case, the trainability is more complex because people are. It's difficult that people can suggest this sentence is closer to this one. We are working on this kind of reinforcement on, on the system. But right now, what we are doing is computing different models and balancing which one is the best one that works for each use case. Let's now talk about your customer's profile. What type of organizations would benefit most from Nuclear? Any organization that deals with different data sources, with files in different formats, and if also they have documents in different languages, they can benefit from our product, from Nuclear or the kind of companies that they want to index videos, for example, what we mentioned before, the meetings or podcast producers like you, that you want to index the content of your podcast and offer a way to search specific moments from podcasts that were covering some specific topic. You would be, for example, the kind of, not organization, but persona that could potentially use Nuclea. So basically, we are offering a tool, an API that can empower any organization that has knowledge as one of their main assets. Should it be a relatively large one with a lot of data to search through, or size is not that important? In fact, in that case, size is not important. Because we have used cases in different industries, in different types of companies. And what is very nice about Nuclear is one of the things that Ramon mentioned before, which is how we empower organizations to train their own models and to be very efficient on finding information and classifying the information they have. So we don't mind if the organization is a huge corporation or if it's a medium or small company, because as an API and as a software, as a service, we can give service and we can provide all our magic, let's say like this, to any kind of organization. And when your customers implement Nuclea, how do you define and measure success for them? What kind of results your customers get from the product? I would divide the answer in the three different profiles that we consider to be our buyer personas. So in Nuclea, we are addressing to three different segments, three different buyer personas. The first one is front-end developers that they are working in their application and they want to add into the application a search engine. And they do not have the time, neither they want to invest in understanding, for example, how Elasticsearch works because it's too complex. As a front-end developer, you have a lot, a lot of other problems. So for those kind of profiles, front-end developers, they are using the API. The second one, the second persona, buyer persona we are, we are tackling are citizen developers. So those kind of profiles in companies that they are not developers themselves, but they still like and love technology, and they are willing to play with new technologies, and they also want... They also want to add new technologies in the company, even if they are, no, no, they are not developers. And the third segment we are approaching are low-level developers interested in, in NucleaDB, 
for example, that they, they really are looking for some new solution to provide searchability in, in unstructured data. They want to also be able to own and to host their data. For those three main segments, we, we have different measures to measure success. As an example, for, for front-end developers, one of the things we are measuring is how fast they are able to integrate Nuclea in their products and how many search, and this is up to the, the project itself, up to the developer, how many searches that application is generating in Nuclea, for example. For citizen developers, what we measure, it's quite similar to what we measure in the front-end side, which is how easy is the process for a low or no-code developer to index any kind of data and offer semantic search on top of that data. So without writing any line of code. So how difficult and how, how fast is it? And for the low-level developers, one of the things we are measuring is about is the community we create around NuclearDB because it's an open source project. So we are still working on developing the community, but this is one, the other, one of the other things we are measuring in terms of how good or how bad we are doing. Communities are critical for the open source products. So that measure is understandable and makes perfect sense. For front-end developers, for citizen developers, you mentioned that one of the important metrics is the speed of implementation or ease of implementation. What are the timeline that a developer should expect when implementing Nuclear? How long should it take them to get to the fully implemented or at least a trial implementation of Nuclear? For the low-level developers, I will let Ramon answer to this, but one of the things we are obsessed when we build anything on Nuclear is, especially when we think about citizen developers and front-end developers, is that we want our moms, our mothers, to be able to use Nuclear. So let me answer you with a question. If you are a developer or you are a citizen developer willing to index 100 gigabytes, gigabytes of videos, the only time limitation you will face is the amount of time we need to index your files. But since you create the account till you are able to add the search engine in your application, it's a matter of minutes, less than two minutes. If you want to index a lot of data and build searchability on that data, you have to wait until our processors uh, have finished indexing your information. Basically, to answer you very fast, in less than five minutes, you have a semantic search engine on your application without almost writing a, any line of code. Uh, for the low-level developers, it's not as easy, of course, <laughs> because uh, we are providing widgets and SDKs to make everything super easy through the dashboard with the UI. But yeah, NucleDB is a database that can be, it's an open source database. We are not an only open source project that for us, NucleDB, it's required because we needed this layer of a storing and searchability. We want to provide the full history and we want to provide data governance. It's not a full open source project because our processor is not open source. But we, we think that this database can bring a lot of value in, in different aspects of integrating with 
more complex architectures where there are structured data close to the unstructured data, that there are more CMS wall, for example, or any kind of more specific where the, the architecture is more complex. Then NucleDB is a fully distributed database on top of a key value, uh, distributed key value storage, provides distributed blob storage. It has a, a distributed index. It can be super complex to deploy as, as Elasticsearch <laughs> in this case. If you really need to have a fully deployed, complex, scalable monitor, we have distributed tracing. We have all, the, all these complex words, namings from low-level developers. And so it makes it more difficult to be a low-level developer, but we are providing the standard industry standards to deploy it through Kubernetes, Helm packages, Docker images, monitoring, and everything that is required to integrate NucleDB on-premise to any kind of application. You can go as deep as you want, but if you're not going too deep, it is going to take you minutes to set it up yeah. contingent on the time it takes to process the data. Yeah. So if you are drinking a beer, before you finish your beer, you will have Nuclear up and running in your, in your application. Depends on the amount of data you're pushing. Eh? Yeah, it depends. Yeah, it's up to the amount of data. But yeah, the idea is this. In less than a beer, you have Nuclear running in your project. Absolutely. That sounds very exciting for the people who used to spend days, weeks, maybe yeah. months to set up the search engine within the organization. Tell me about the start of the company. How did you decide to go after this product? To explain this, we have to go to Ramon's and my backgrounds. When we were young, we are still young, but we were younger. So Ramon and I, we start our first company when uh, back on 2011. We start an IT consultancy that we were focusing on building intranets and document management systems for especially corporations, for large companies. We were quite successful. And after some years of building those intranets, we realized that most of our customers, the users from, from our intranets, they were complaining about how difficult it was to find information inside the internet. And it was not because we were not developing as they wanted the internet to be. It was because the way companies organize data, it was, and it is still today, not the best one. Let's say like this. So with that experience, we decided to create a spin-off from that initial IT consultancy. And we, we created a project that at the time was called Intranetum. And it was using deep learning to auto-classify data inside organizations so users wouldn't have to store a document in a folder because the algorithm would understand where that document should be. So to start providing some AI in the company. After Internetum, we, we decided to merge our startup with another startup from the States. And we were very focused on building an e-discovery solution. And we managed to have some of the big players in the San Francisco, in, in SF, in, in the States. So yeah, we managed to close as, a, as first customers, big tech companies from the States. But at some, after some time, we realized that e-discovery is a bit boring, to be honest. Uh, I, I wouldn't like to offend anyone, but it was not the kind of product we wanted to build. And we decided to come back to Barcelona 
And with all the learnings from our first IT consultancy, from our last experiences in, in SF, building e-discovery solutions, we decided to, to build Nuclear to solve exactly the challenges we were facing from 2011. So we could solve the problem of finding data inside companies. So that's the, the, where Nuclear comes, comes from. You've been working on this problem since 2011, going kind of in and out, and now you're back into it. How did the field change since 2011? What important progress has been achieved and where it wasn't achieved at all? Well, I would, I would say that definitely there are two, um, two inflection points you know, on, the, on technology history. One is the language models that appeared on 2017-2018. The availability to have these large language models that which represents language, it's, it was one of the missing pieces on the, on the equation to be able to provide searchability, not only keyword-based. Keyword-based search, it's interesting, but it's clear that has a, a roof on what is able to search. Nowadays, language models provides us a really open window to, to, to do a lot of exploration and a lot of things that we were not able before. And also the cloud computing, Kubernetes, the, the availability to scale databases, the key value storage, the distributed key value storage, all these kind of technologies which allows a small startup like us, ours to build a cloud a solution that scales and that, that it's able to index data. Also the, the evolution of languages. Eh? For example, we are using Rust for our index, it's definitely a language that which is bringing a lot of easy solutions for important problems that five years ago were not on the table. So all, all these uh, solutions provide, all these technologies provides us a, a momentum, a technology momentum, that it's a good momentum to build a really good search solution for extracted data. Yeah, and also we were young. And we grew up a bit, so that's also a, a big, a big change in our life. So not only technology, which is a must. Without technology, we couldn't be where we are today. But obviously, the background and experience is also important. The benefit of many years of building companies is for sure a big advantage. How do you approach building Nuclear today? Now that you have this experience, how is it different from how you approached it? built in the first company you built in this space? I would say that everything is different, probably. First of all, we are facing a challenge, which is that we are a remote company. So building startup being remote, it's something that this is our first experience on, on, on that. And obviously it's a challenge. But also we have some very clear expectations on how we want to build a team. We want to have a great team, and we, we already have a great team that are very good on the technological side, but we are also building something that goes forward. So creating a team that appreciates the diversity, the ownership of the tasks they do, the respect between the, the managers and the developers, which is something that in our experience, it's a key thing for building a successful companies. And sometimes in the, in the tech industry, this is not that obvious. Sometimes we see that managers, CIOs, uh, CTO, the, the, all those kinds of positions, they really don't know how to treat developers. So for, this is, for, for us, this is a must. 
also something that it looks also very, it should be very normal, but it's not that normal in the tech industry, which is listening to the others and being humble. In that industry that we are, if we would not be humble, probably we wouldn't be here today. I don't know, Ramon, how do you see this? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, but there is something common between that on our, all our experiences that we always building human teams. Uh, people who are humans, we are persons, uh, we are trying to build something and we just, we know that by ourselves we will never be able to build and it's, it's, a, it's a matter of building a family, a team, uh, people who trust and understands the, the, the project and that really wants to deliver the value. And for me, it's been something common in all our companies, but you learn how to keep it when you're growing up, no? because sometimes it's easier when you're super small and trying to keep it when you're growing, it's not easy. Keeping that level of community, of uh, trust between team members, of res mutual respect is getting harder as the company grows. That's for sure. Not every manager has the experience of, a, of founders who spent decade building a company. So, and that type of respect does come mostly with experience. It's really hard to appreciate and build this understanding and this respect for your team members. When you're young and you want things to happen fast, you really forget about that personal part and you start to act not in the best way. And by the way, the humbleness of the approach it pops up in my many interviews with founders. This is a common thread that I feel is very important for many companies. When you two decided that it's time to build Nuclear, was it easy for you to make this decision? Or did it take some thinking, some back and forth, whether you should go after this market? How was it for you? When it's your third company, it doesn't get easier, but at least you get, you get clearly thing mining, no? At the beginning at the first company, we were kind of discussing maybe for 24 hours before doing it, no? The second time, maybe we were discussing one month. Here we were discussing maybe th three months before doing, <laughs> before starting. Just kind of going more into details. We should not do this. We should not have, let's define some basic uh, statement on building doesn't get easier, but the experience of course brings you a lot of items to discuss, to clarify and to understand. But besides that, if you have a clear idea that you want to do it, there is nothing that stops you from doing it. There is another player in here, which is, we, we also discuss, Ramon, we have to be honest with everybody listening to the podcast, because when we started, when we decide to build Nuclear, one of the things we put on the table is that building deep tech, it's expensive. Developers are expensive, and especially the, the kind of developers we, we need to, to build Nuclear, they are expensive. So we, we had an idea, or we had the idea that we first bootstrap everything because it's what we wanted to do, but at some point we, we just decided that we, we had to, to go to the market to take some money. And even if we were lucky, 
with our current investors. We have to admit that in the part of Europe we are based, which is in Barcelona, in Catalonia, explaining the kind of project you are building and trying to explain to investors that you are building a deep tech thing, that it's not a business like delivery business, with much respect to delivery business, it's not that easy. And we struggled a bit at the beginning to, to try to find the, the right partners for us that could help us on going to the, ne the, to the next stage. So also to, to clarify this, that we were very secure on building Nuclear. We decided to bet and bootstrap the company, but at some point, deep tech is expensive. And that, that middle point between the investors at the time we were meeting and trying to explain that deep tech is expensive. And if you want to change the world, you have to have some faith to the startup. So that took some time and it, it was expensive in, and time consuming. And that's an important point for everyone who is going after building such a uh, developer-intensive product that it's, it won't be enough to just have the level of conviction and faith that entrepreneurs need. You also need to find right investors that will also share that conviction and be able to support the company with the funding needed for that first critical stage. Otherwise, without that critical piece, it's going to be challenging. Yeah, exactly. Now that you kind of overcame those initial barriers, you said you're aiming to build a great team. When you're hiring people for that great team, what do you look for in those people that you're considering and when the candidate is clearly not a fit? Well, it's it's a it's a difficult question. It took us a lot of time to 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 fine tune this this algorithm to to make sure that we we have the proper team. For, first, for me, what's more important is that the the team who is going to work, the people who the guy who, or girl who we are interviewing, meets the candidate, and it's able to talk to him, understand if they will be able to to work daily and understand each other and be able to go at the speed that we are going. For, for us, it's super important that it's a fit for the team, first thing. Then the second thing is that it's a fit from our humble point of view, no? that we won't respect for colleagues, for managers, for everybody, clients. We are here to build something together. So we want that this understanding of of going to work as a team not as an individual it's shared between with the candidate and finally and also really important mostly with the deep tech that we're building that has the knowledge technical knowledge to or the technical experience and in case that there is not enough maybe technical experience that has the ambition to learn this technology and has the basics the the basements to to, to build on top of that the, the architecture and the knowledge that you need to, to develop your job. We have uh, interns from university that are doing master thesis, PhDs, really qualified engineers working with us that we, because we need that for what we are building, because you're really required to have maths on your mind for the artificial intelligence, distributed systems and RAS for building an index, 
complex architecture for building a cloud that is providing service with an SLA. These profiles are complex, but we've been really lucky. It takes time to get this kind of team on board, but we are super lucky with our team. We are still hiring and we really need to hire more people on the team, but we prefer to hire as low, but to hire well. It's complex with the stage that we are, but because we need to fall fast, but our experience demonstrates that hiring, a bad hiring process makes you go slower. You mentioned that you're looking for a very specific profile and there isn't that many people who would fit even from the technical side only. And then when we apply the other filters, it narrows down the circle even more. Was that the reason for you to go remote? to expand this circle? Yeah, well, we, we, we know that these kind of profiles, at least in our area, were not, were not available. And we also believe that since, since COVID and all these last years, there is no sense to have a, a full physical company. So we also believe with remote from the, from the scratch, no? We, we like to live in the mountains, no? So it's super incomplete. We don't want to be in Barcelona because we like the, the, uh, being in the, in the middle of the mountain. So then ourselves, we want to be in remote. So that's, that makes things easier. But yeah, of course, this kind of profiles, we're building a company that should be in SF for the kind of things that we are building, but we are in Barcelona. That makes things difficult to hiring. And we need to hire from London, France, Germany, Italy. It's clear that we're trying to get people as close to our time zone as possible to make a communication and daily work easier. But we are open to any kind of profile if it fits the, what I explained before. You are one of the pioneers of the remote first organizations. And uh, I can clearly see why it is important to expand the geography to get the best people. It will be very interesting to track your success there and lessons learned from running a remote organization. Sure, we will talk about it at some point later where you will share some lessons of running remote first organizations with us. Let's turn to the future now. What are the long term goals for Nuclea? How do you see Nuclea in the future? We would like to be the next search standard for most of the projects out there. So we, we truly believe that uh, our end to end approach together with a mixture of semantic search and keyword-based search, it's the key to, to be successful. So we are really building from scratch a company that we want to be a global company, and we want it to, to, to set up a new standard. So new companies in the, in the market can understand that if they want to build something successful, they, they should follow the path that we are trying to follow because we truly believe that this is, the, this is the, the way we have to go and the way that the industry is going in the future. And uh, not in the future, but already today. We also have to, on the, on the roadmap, go to the States. We still have to see if it makes sense to be, if we have to be physically, physically in there or we can keep headquarters in Europe, we have to see, but uh, this is in our roadmap and it's something that we are already talking with Ramon to, to try to understand what's better. We want to build a great community around Nuclea and special NucleaDB. As Ramon pointed before, something that we, we really believe on, which is 
For all the users, for example, that are using today Hugging Face, we truly believe that NucleoDB can uh, help their life and can save a lot of hours to them. We want to build a, a community from users from our end-to-end -end application, obviously, but also for users using just NucleoDB as an open, a, a pure and full open source project. And yeah, being Nuclear, the, the NLP database for developers, positionate that database like, like the NLP database. Ramon, I don't know, in terms of technology, we have a huge roadmap, but I don't know yeah. if we can explain everything. Well, mostly, uh, I, have, uh, we have, I think that the vision that uh, most of the people in NLP nowadays has is to, to, to be able to reach the, the edge-federated search, no? kind of the, the availability to, to search in your, your data, your personal data, your company data, your, not only the global one, just to be able to provide a, a good searchability on, on, and a good question answering for your data and for the data that uh, from the entities where you do you belong no so and i think i really believe that this this will end up kind of an, an edge search because each company each personal data for me it's super important the privacy of the data and and i i really believe that in some years we will start having edge devices that that has our data and, and that provides searchability on top of this data in a question answer way no so imagine all the data from your life built on your local phone and you can ask for anything that you want no from your own data and i really believe that the searchability on a structured data it will be a, a huge part of this data a lot of messages, language, communications, voicemails, video calls, pictures, and any kind of information that happens around us most of the time is in a structure. So I really think that an structure processing, searchability with AI, querying, question answering, knowledge graphs will end up kind of being in our daily lives, in, even in the edge devices, not only in, on the SaaS platforms. This level of search is something that is missing right now, especially on our endpoints. We can search Google more or less well, but yeah, we cannot search our own computers, our own devices, and all the data that we have there is a mess and it's impossible to access it properly. So maybe, as you mentioned, Ramon, now with the breakthroughs in technologies that we have hopefully we'll be finally able to solve this issue. In terms of you guys and your, Eudald, as you said, your potential discussions of moving to the US and not moving to the US, I am not 100% convinced that it's absolutely necessary for every company. Of course, it depends on the type of company and everything. If a decade ago, it would have been clear that yes, this is the way forward. Now it's less and less clear. But if you still go to do that, there are plenty of mountain regions here in the US that I think can match the mountains in Catalonia. I like that. Okay. <laughs> any recommendation from into what areas we should be looking for? Artem, feel free to, to send us some recommendations. So we will check them. Okay. I'll definitely do that. For our last question, let's talk about evolution of AI. In general. What excites and concerns you most there? 
the question answering it's it's one of the the key points no the the, the key that it's it's going to break everything imagine that you can store in a model all your knowledge everything that you yet you know or all the files or the books or whatever and you could ask to this model with a question answering system information about that you require at the moment that you're requiring no this will be like a file everything will be in a file in a model that you will be able to carry up and down these kind of models are super on the air and the state of the art of the of the language models nowadays i really think that in a few years we will uh, we will be a lot of breaking points on this technology because we are close to to be able to embed on the model a lot of a lot of information really a lot which will be super useful for this kind of this kind of usage on the other side these kind of models also are starting to consume a lot of power a lot of energy because they are really big require gpus tpus any kind of super costly devices and not only costly by money costly also by environment because uh, all these models require a lot of computational power and a lot of heat so uh, i think one of the really difficult things that we need to study in the future is how we make these models smaller easier to carry on to bring on edge devices and to be able to to provide searchability without expending a lot of energy or power to to to, to run it and also there is a concern that we probably should everybody have which is a, a bit more philosophical thing which is the ethics around ai and because we've been talking a lot about the ethics on a on a smart car that can drive without driver but ethics around tech generation about result suggestion and this kind of things this is a, a something that we have to face and we have to build regulations international regulations about this otherwise algorithms will be they will belong to some corporations that obviously they will either change the way we write or the way we read or the way we find and this is something that uh, as a humanity we we shouldn't allow this to happen so and and probably we are already a bit late on that but it's something that we have definitely got to 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 face otherwise we are in danger of creating some kind of monster that we will not be able to control in few years the question of power concentration in the hands of those few organizations that develop foundational models pre-train them and then distribute to everyone else and if everyone else just uses them blindly not understanding that there might be some biases inside those pre-trained large models it is a very tricky thing to navigate and we should have more organizations working on those models we should have more transparency there eudal dramon thank you for joining me today it was a pleasure to speak with you it was a pleasure also to talk to you thank you to you artem it was a pleasure thank you for listening you can check out nuclear apis by signing up for beta access on their website you can also follow nuclear on twitter nuclear is growing and is looking for rust and python developers and a gtm expert All links will be in the show notes.